For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Wrestling Inc. Raw After Show. I'm Jack Farmer. I'm joined by Raj and Chuck. Guys, we have quite the show. We've already started discussing where we rank things. Uh, before we get into the show, though, uh, how are you guys doing? Chuck, I haven't seen you in a while. How have, how have you been? It's been too long, man. I'm doing absolutely fantastic, but I can't possibly be as good as you because I know you're on that Monday Night Raw high, my friend. Yes, I am living the dream. I am. It's every day is a day on the farm here for Jack Farmer. I, every meal is a banquet. Every paycheck's a fortune. Every day is a holiday when you're Jack Farmer. Uh, it's the raw drip, man. You're on it. You're living it. Raj, how have you been? I've been good, man. You know, a week away from uh, our first vacation in years to Hawaii and got caught up on all the wrestling. And, uh, dude, SmackDown has been awesome. Raw, yeah. not so much. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll get into it. But, man, Roman Reigns, that promo he did on SmackDown. And they edited that out on uh, replays, like on Hulu and everything. He uh, had the best no. line. The missionary position was the best line I've heard in forever. And they edited it, that out. That sucks. It but, was, man. It was so good. It's so interesting. And not to jump ahead, because we'll get into the show today. It's so weird how one show can be so solid and the other one can be so rocky. You know, like, because, I mean, Roman Reigns obviously is the guy on SmackDown, but, like, the other stuff they're doing is good, too. They have so much good stuff on SmackDown. And I know, like, we want to say, oh, it's the three hours, but I don't think Raw has two hours that are as good as two hours of SmackDown. No, and I'll tell you what the other difference is. Uh, Niggy A.S.H. is on Raw. She's not on SmackDown. Ergo, you have to put a check in the box for SmackDown. Um, but I, 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 I'm curious, though, when WWE opts to edit out a comment like Roman Reigns did on Friday, is that because they ad-libbed that and that certainly wasn't anything that was given to him before the show? And they would, oh, crap, Roman went rogue. We got to take that part out. <laughs> that sounded like a Paul Heyman line to me. Like, that sounded like Heyman sent that. But whatever it was, it was gold. And you know what? You know, the Rolling Loud, <clears throat> when WWE was there, was standing quiet. I think if you went with if you went with Roman there, cutting that promo on John Cena, that would have got that crowd interested. If you went there with Ricochet versus, who's the next best high flyer in WWE? Uh, like Umberto Carrillo or Humber someone. Yeah. Uh, 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 Brad Metalik. After tonight, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. if you went there with that, I think that would have had the crowd going. I, I know what they're trying to do, but I think that would have got the crowd going. And I think Roman cutting that promo in front of that crowd, I think that would have got people popping it, and made wrestling seem hip and cool again, as opposed to you're just putting on matches that that crowd did not care about. So, 
Anyway. Yeah, interesting, interesting call there. I do like that they tried having matches at, a play, at something, doing something different like that. But yeah, they should have, I think, maybe put more of their eggs in that basket. Even similar to, I was never a big road wild guy or hog wild guy, but you got to at least give WCW credit. They, you know, do something at this big event that was outside of pro wrestling. Uh, I think WWE could have tried to do a little bit more with that. But in any case, yeah, it's just weird how SmackDown and NXT are so solid and Raw is just a uh, a roller coaster ride, uh, so to speak. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit of a roller coaster ride, though, that the wrestling news cycle has been on. It's the biggest news that has I've heard in a very long time. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan to AEW. It's looking like it's going to happen. Raj, what's what's going on with this? All right. So I'll say we personally, we heard about something. Not, I'll, I'll say the exact date. Uh, July the 8th, we heard CM Punk is going to AEW. Reached out to some people in AEW, and they said, I quote, WTF, I can uh, for sure uh, dispute that report. Now, we had asked if he had signed, and technically he hadn't put pen to paper yet. So they were right. He hadn't signed. Um, but, yeah, man, this is... I think this is a game changer. Punk and Daniel Bryan. I think Punk has enough of that mainstream credibility, like outside of wrestling, to bring, you know, that that year when he did that angle where he did the, you know, uh, after beating John Cena, leaving with the title, he was getting attention outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen that in a long time. We, and, and I felt like WWE blew that because he, for the first time ever, you were getting lapsed fans kind of tuning in, believing what he was saying, agreeing what, with what he was saying. And then they just dropped the ball and, you know, Alberto Del Rio left as champion that night. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he, I think this is a game changer. I, I don't, by no means do I think AEW is going to get more viewers than SmackDown on a given week. But for their business, I think it's going to more than double their buy rates. I think their ratings are going to shoot up. They're at a they're at a million viewers right now. I think it's not unfeasible to think they go to one point four. And raw if football season comes in, they drop. All of a sudden, they're in the same ballpark, and raw is getting you know two hundred fifty million dollars a year for their TV rights fee. So you know it's a huge deal. I think. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that the, uh, you know, whether or not they're mainstream names. I, I've seen a lot of people talk about, are these mainstream names? Will they be a game changer if the people outside of wrestling don't know who they are? Whether or not they're known outside of wrestling, if you go back to WCW, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall weren't, like, they were famous in wrestling, but they weren't, like, in music videos and movies or things like that. I mean, Kevin Nash, I think, I, I can't remember if he'd been in a movie at that point yet, but... Teenage uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was super shredder. Yeah, right. but you didn't even know it was him. I right, mean, yeah. but uh, but they still changed the game. I mean, it didn't happen overnight either. But this could be one of those things because these are two guys that are incredibly cool and liked by wrestling fans. I think unanimously. Uh, Chuck, how do you feel about this potential? This, I guess, move. It's it's happening. 
I, th I think it's fantastic, and I think that the timing is absolutely right with Dynamite going to switch networks. Remember, you know, during the NBA playoffs when they flipped networks a little bit, even just changed time slots, you know, that, that drop that uh, a lot of nights that they experienced. So even though we have a lot of uh, heads-up time that the move is going to be made, there's still always, when you have a move like this, a large chunk of the audience that just somehow does not ever get the message. You just get programmed to turn into a certain channel at a certain day and time, and that's the way that it is. But when you throw the name CM Punk in there, when you throw the name Daniel Bryan in there or Bryan Danielson in there, that's going to get people's attention. Like, holy crap, they're not on TNT. They're on TBS. Yeah, let me go over to the Superstation and watch the magic happen. So I'm very high on this. The timing is absolutely right. And also, uh, it is my understanding that uh, CM Punk and AEW were in talks uh, just before their launch, so two years ago. I mean, they've been trying to get Punk on their roster for some time. It was just a matter of them not being able to agree on money. That's my understanding as it was at the time, but it looks like all sides now coming together to make the deal happen at the right time. And I honestly believe, just as you gentlemen were talking about with the football season coming up, the ratings drop on Monday nights going head-to-head -head with the NFL, my goodness gracious, we really could be looking at, as far as just a sheer total viewer number, like a real competition here. Yeah, uh, Raj, Joel Wood in the chat says, so Punk and Brian are going to double what the Elite, Sting, Cody, uh, Mox, etc. do. LOL, come on now. Joel's question, you, Raj, you, uh, you, you want to stand by your prediction of doubling the numbers? For buy rates, for sure. Uh, Sting is not, you know, a full-time wrestler. I, I think uh, if, if Sting was coming in 20 years ago, that's a difference maker. You know, now he's limited with what he does and yada, yada, yada. Punk, I, I think Punk more than Brian. I think Brian is going to be is going to gel easily in that atmosphere. He's going to, he's hard to dislike. He's just uh, an easily likable guy. Uh, Punk is more of a question mark. How does he get along with Colt Cabana? You know, with the Dark Order. Um, they've, they have their history and, and heated history. Um, do Pete, does that cause friction in the locker room? I, you know, so I think I think that's a little more of a question mark. But Punk, I also see more of a difference maker as far as pay-per-view buy rates go, ratings go. I'll say this on the re on the website, an article that has CM Punk talking about something gets more interest than, and I'm just throwing this out there, Darby Allen, who's a proven ratings grabber for AEW, but it gets more interest than that. It gets more interest than. Um, almost any other WWE guy. So he generates interest, and that's going to be huge. That that night he debuts, I almost think they they got three nights in Chicago, right? They're going to do Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out. I think you do a video package on Dynamite or something, uh, build it on Rampage, and then you have the match at All Out or something. I don't know. So do you debut him on a Dynamite and then have him, uh, if, if this was you, if you were the guy controlling things, do you have him debut on Dynamite to promote the, sh the, the all-out pay-per-view? Or do you have the big surprise? Or do you say that maybe he'll be there and get people to try to tune in, hoping to see him? If it were me, you yeah. would tease it 
on Dynamite and Rampage. Have him come out at All Out. You don't have him wrestle. Because he's such a big name that you don't have to have Chicago. It's going to be wherever he's at. It's going to be huge. So, um, yeah, you drop the bomb in Chicago that he's going to be there. And then go from there, in, in my opinion. When, uh, Raj, when does Rampage premiere? Re- uh, refresh my memory on that one. August 13th, I want to say. 13th. I could yeah. be wrong, but I, that feels right. Yeah. So part of me wonders if they want to make a big splash on their premiere with that, do they debut him there? And that gives lead time to the pay-per-view. That is how I would do it. And I think that if I'm a Turner exec, man, I would really appreciate that, especially after all of the money that I've just given AEW. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You announce him for Rampage on that Dynamite. You say you do a video package. You say CM Punk's going to be on Rampage. And then on Rampage, you have Punk out there. You have freaking Joel Silver. You know, someone uh, challenge him. I, you don't want to, you know, on a two-day or one-day build, you don't want to throw away a big match. Have him beat somebody. And you have that match. Punk's first match in, what is it, eight years? Yeah, something like um, that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big deal. Yeah, uh, in the chat, uh, uh, Chris Pantaleo says uh, I'm going to be a little scared for Brian wrestling outside a WWE system with his uh, oh, the chat jump with his history of concussions and seizures and hard New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW style. Uh, when it comes to that, I always say I just you, I gotta trust the wrestlers and what they do, and and he knows what's good for him. I hope, anyways. But uh, uh, it's good to be concerned about him. But I don't know. I don't know how, if you guys have any comments on that. I kind of say it's up to them to trust themselves what they can do. The way I see it, the risk is always present. So whether it's this style or the WWE style. Anytime you step into the ring, something can happen. And let's not forget that all of those concussions that caused uh, Daniel Bryan to step away for those number of years occurred while he was in WWE. So let's keep that in mind. And yeah, I think that the people who he's in the ring with are going to do their best to take care of him. He's going to do their uh, his best to take care of himself. So I don't really see strong style or AEW style being too much of an issue here. Raj, what do you think? I agree. I, I, I know when Daniel Bryan first came back and I was like, I was like a mom watching his matches where I'm like, no, 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 no. Luke Harper dropped him on his head. No. You know, like I was just like, oh, my God, don't drop this guy on his head. And I wanted to go there and just yell at the wrestlers. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was. Uh, you know how dangerous this is. Yeah, it was, it was like you cannot drop to him on his head. And uh, but you yeah, know, wear a helmet. <laughs> but to your point, if you're cleared, you're cleared. And WWE, I will give them this: they make sure that the guys are cleared before they do anything. And we haven't seen anything where. I mean, if anything, WWE is overcautious, and mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we saw guys whose career seemed to be over because of that, and you know, years later, it, it turned out to not be the case. But I think he'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Joel Wood in the chat says if he's not in Chicago, he's not coming. If he's not at least mentioned, uh, I'm assuming that's uh, CM Punk. And uh, uh, do, do you mention him or do you have him be a surprise? What do you guys think? I think because it increases buy rates, you're a company, you know, that's, 
I, I, I think you want those buy rates. So I think you want to build a, you want it out. You absolutely want it out. And I'm wondering if First Dance, that trademark that AEW is going after right now, if that is, you know, just CM Punk's first dance with AEW will be in Chicago. So you build to that thing. You absolutely let the cat out of the bag ahead of time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you make it obvious he's going to be there, but you don't quite say he's going to be there. So you get everyone to tune in and, and hope the whole time. But I don't know. I, we know because it seems like anyone who's paying attention knows that it's probably happening. But it's it says that sort of like Christmas morning feel where like <laughs> I think I know what's in the present in the box, but I still don't know. So I'm interested. Uh, so I kind of like the idea of the mystery and the surprise. Uh, I wonder how it will coincide with uh, Daniel Bryan, and I wonder how long it'll take for me to get used to calling him Brian Danielson again. Because it was took me forever to switch it to Daniel Bryan, and now it's going to take me forever to go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Antoine Fair says, it's great for AEW. I will tune in, but people talking like punk is the Austin-type crossover appeal. I'm sorry I don't see it. No disrespect. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. See, I think that's the thing. I don't think you need to necessarily ha be as big as The Rock or Stone Cold. Like I said, uh, you know, Scott Hall, when he came over, he was an intercontinental champion level guy. He wasn't the world champion, right. uh, but it was still a huge deal. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash was a world champion guy, too, but he also wasn't. the. Wait, he know, was Stone considered Cold. a flop. He was considered a flop in that role. Right. So and that changed that changed the game. Those two they changed so, the game. I don't think it needs to be like I said, it doesn't need to be someone who is it doesn't need to be a John Cena. I I think I feel like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are the kind of guys that do make that shift, though. I think this is going to be a huge deal. I think it'll not not overnight. Again, I'm not saying that after all out, suddenly they'll be getting, you know, three million viewers or anything. But to your point, uh, Raj, I think they'll start creeping up towards that one point four, one point five and. It'll be. I don't know what's going to happen if they beat Raw in the ratings. I think that'll have to send off some kind of warning signal uh, at WWE. I think in a lot of ways this is bigger than if they could get Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar I think kind of looks ridiculous next to Kenny Omega in a lot of ways, or uh, a lot of the guys. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it, it just doesn't feel. Uh, like mm -hmm. like Punk and Kenny Omega feels like a big match. Mm -hmm. Brock versus Kenny Omega feels like kind of a joke in, a, in in kind of I don't know kind of a weird way if you know what I'm saying. Chuck, yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, man, it just doesn't sound right, man. It's it's like trying to mix oil and water. You know, shake it up all you want. It's just not going to gel nicely. But you put Punk in the ring with Kenny Omega, you got yourself a nice little gelled concoction there. You right. put Brian Danielson in the ring with Kenny Omega, and then you got straight up magic. So yeah, I see exactly what you're saying, and I'm 100% on board with that. But before we move on, I wanted to go back to whether or not we talk about uh, announcing Punk before the pay-per-view. Uh, I think given his buy rate track record for his matches in UFC, uh, that alone shows that you got to put that name out there ahead of time because if you announce it, they will buy. And so absolutely, from a business standpoint, Raj, exactly what you were talking about, you need to let people know ahead of time that he's going to be on the show. And you can do that at Rampage the night before. Bottom line is get that name out ahead of time. Don't save a surprise for a pay-per-view. You'd be missing out on a whole lot of coin. Absolutely. You got a video package out there. Punk is going to be there. 
everyone's curious what he's going to be doing. Uh, Sev V in the chat says, when AEW first started, they said everyone would get a chance. What happens to the Joey Janellas of the world that these big names keep coming to AEW? Uh, that was, I think we chatted about that a little bit ago. Um, I, I, if I honestly, if I was a day one AEW person, I'd be a little bummed out that I put time in and, and these names keep coming in. But at the same time, I think you kind of have to like, understand if, if you're a great basketball player, but LeBron James gets signed to your team, guess what? He's going to play in your spot, you know? Uh, I, I, that's probably a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. And I like Joey Janela. Uh, but I think there's also a level of like, come on, like there's just a certain amount of drawing power certain people have. For sure. But AEW also puts a premium on their shows that aren't just on television, right? So you've got Dark, you've got Elevation, both of which are uh, online exclusives. And those are produced just as slickly as any television product that they have out there. So, And and you can have an infinite number of matches on either one of those shows. So I really think that at the end of the day, those opportunities are still going to be there. And then maybe you have to work a little bit harder to get on, whether it's Rampage or Dynamite. But the bottom line is I do believe that those opportunities will still exist. Up your game. I think that's mm-hmm. always the bottom line. Look at MJF. He doesn't do all these flips and cartwheels and, and whatnot. He worked on his character. He delivered it. And people buy it. He's in that position because he upped his game. You can mm-hmm. do all the flips and everything you want. But at some point, you got to make people care about you. And that's on you at some point. Yeah. And people, whether I don't, you know, regardless of what people think about Punk or uh, Daniel Bryan, people care about him. Yeah, like exactly as you mentioned. I mean, if you if someone tweets out CM Punk was in a city and a wrestling show is anywhere near that city, that right. everyone thinks that's a big deal. So, oh man, uh, CM Punk in uh, in just a headline. I, I I hate to sound like that guy, but in an yeah. article, if he's in the headline. If if Jungle Boy is in the headline, I hate to say this because I love Jungle Boy. I think he's yeah. a, a fantastic talent. But if it, uh, an article is just about Jungle Boy, no one's clicking on it. If it says CM Punk talks about Jungle Boy, all of a sudden it's like through the roof. <laughs> so right. it's just it's just a reality that people care about Punk. Right, and and it's again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad like it's. I don't think it's a put down to say that. I mean, I like hosting this show, but if you said Jack. CM Punk wants to host the show. We're going to take you <laughs> off. I'd go, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks, but I get it. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, Flow Pro Faux Show says, uh, first dance will be the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and you just have him in the crowd leading up to All Out. They can play off of the, we know the rumors, but he hasn't signed. So almost it sounds almost like a, what they do did a little bit with... Um, Scott Hall, where he comes through the crowd and, and kind of acts like he's not yet signed. And what I love about this is this is stuff that WWE no longer does, right? Or they haven't done in a long time where uh, on the main roster where they cut to someone in the crowd and they're like, did, like, did this guy sign? Or uh, mm-hmm. that The organic feel in WWE has been gone for a long time. It's mass produced, LEDs everywhere. It's a video game. And I think just bringing, a, bringing wrestling back a little bit to its roots, like that organic feel. And man, yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, again, the NWO 25th anniversary was a couple of weeks ago. I was watching a lot of that stuff and just missing it because that never felt indie or uh, 
minor league, it always felt big league. And mm-hmm. w, you could feel big league without LEDs all over the place and and giant lights and giant screens. And I think uh, that's kind of missing in, in today's wrestling. Because when you do have all the LEDs and all the lights, when you have it on the ring post, when you're trying to create a big heat moment, it's cheesy with LEDs going on behind you, you know? Right. Yeah, it's very um I always I think that toning it down makes it feel more organic yeah. to your point. And you know, not to compare too much to AEW. I don't want to make this the AEW show, right. but uh, right. even though we've been going on it for a little bit, it's big news. Come on, people, you know That's what we're talking about. Uh but I look at AEW and they do simple things like when FTR arrives and they just drive up in a truck. It's not some giant production, they just drive up in a truck. And right. it's like, "Oh wow, look who showed up. This is crazy." Uh as opposed to with a WWE to your point, there'd be this big weird like this big production about it that would feel very staged and feel very formulaic and not natural if they showed up and where Uh, wwe does it right is where if i'm watching something on raw they will recap it perfectly whereas sometimes on AEW, i'm like who the fuck is this guy (laughs) you know there's like eight guys i'm like who the fuck are these guys and you know it's like oh they were on elevation and they started their feud on dark and it's like no one you know there is a small amount of people that watch those shows you need to explain what's going on who these guys are so yeah you know there's always there's the pluses and minuses of, of both Absolutely. That that is true. They'll be like, "Yeah, didn't you see Sammy's v- vlog earlier?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was all explained in Sammy's vlog. <laughs> that, but that, I mean, that's kind of been their mo from day one, though. Is like they expect it, like the entire audience to watch BTE and now all of these other shows, and it's just like, guys, that's not reasonable. Give me the backstory on your actual television product, man. Right. Get me hooked right there, and then. Then maybe I'll go back and, and watch the other stuff on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I think it's awfully damn presumptuous for them to assume that everybody's watching BTE and Dynamite right. and Elevation. And, and I, think they, I think they are getting a little better about that, but it still happens. Yeah. Uh, Murray Johnson asks, do we get a face-to-face with Punk and Colt? No. I have a feeling they're going to be completely away from each other. Interesting. And then Joel Wood said, I don't think that the whole Colt and CM Punk thing is going to be nearly as big of a deal as a lot of people think that it could be. I mean, we're talking about two people who just don't like each other, right? That happens in every office across the world, right? There are people who you have to work with who you just don't like. Hi, Raj. But the bottom line (laughs) is is that, you know, somehow you just, you take the professional route, you take the high road, whether that means that you, you, you know, turn the other way when the person's coming down the hall or you just don't get in a segment together you do what you got to do but you we're all professionals here and you can keep it going that's why that's why i love doing the show with you raj because for this time we can be professionals man man how can you not like me i just like you (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean going back to what we said too i don't know if enough people know about their history at this point or remember it that well but um, it's one of those things that man if tony khan if it's like if i'm getting cm punk cole cabana you stay you know get get the fuck out of here they'll explain it on sammy's blog (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Joel Wood uh, says, okay, so Punk returns and there's a four-week bump in ratings. Then what? His second UFC fight did horrible compared to his first. Uh, I, I, You know, this is kind of the safe answer, I think, and that is uh, it depends on what they do. Obviously, they can drop the ball and no one's going to care and it'll everyone will move on. But uh, I'm imagining they've got something in mind if they're getting him to make us to grab our interest uh, when he's there. The second fight, it's one thing because it's it was exposed that Punk has no uh, he has no business being in the octagon. Like mm-hmm. he was just exposed beyond belief. So, but still, that fight that he was on the second one actually did better than it should have with the other guys on the card. You had no one that was proven draw. Uh, I think without Punk, it did two hundred fifty thousand buys. I think without Punk. Probably did 200. It would have done 200. So um, he was the interest that night. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, MSJR says, I feel like most of the stuff on BTE, Dark, and Elevation are segments that did not make the show uh, show for whatever reason, and they just do it there. Um, there's probably some truth to that. I think it's a way for them to give guys experience, TV experience, whether or not it's on uh TNT or uh, eventually TBS. I think it's just them to say, hey, this is what it's like working in front of a camera and getting that them those reps is what I think it is. I think it's dark. It's, it's a dark show. Uh, you know, No question about it, man. I, I hate to go back to that baseball analogy, but what you have here is a double-A and a triple-A team uh, that are now those players vying for a shot in the big leagues. That's exactly how those two shows work, and I actually think that it's genius. I would keep them exactly where they are, by the way. You just mentioned you know, maybe they get on TNT or TBS. I say hell no to that. You've already now got two programs on those networks. Let's not keep feeding that beast too much. We don't want to make the beast fat and bloated, and then the beast is no good to anybody. So let's just save those and, and keep them exactly where they are. You have a nice minor league system going. Have at yeah. it, Tony Khan. I, you yeah. know what? What they're doing, I, I the one thing I love, and you know, everyone in the chat, we're going to talk about Raw. And uh, <laughs> it's not an AEW versus WWE thing, but the one thing that AEW does is that they keep the matches fresh. It's not a bunch of repeats every week. And that Mm -hmm. is the worst thing on Raw. Every week is that they repeat 70% of the matches from the week before. Now, I felt like this week they did a better job. Uh, But for the most part, that is... uh, I feel like both promotions can learn from each other. AEW can learn how to recap stuff for people that aren't watching BTE and Elevation and and Dark. And uh, WWE, they can learn from AEW on how to not repeat the same matches over and over. Anyway, oh, oh my God, we're 30 minutes in. 100%. So, uh, (laughs) real quick, Stellar Justin Lopez asks, is Rampage going to be live weekly? No, no, no. I think it's sometimes, right? It's yeah, like one of those... it's going to be on a pay-per-view weekend. It's going to be live. Otherwise, it's going to be taped uh, before uh, Dynamite. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get into the show. But before we get into the show, I do want to say thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thanks to you for being in the chat and talking all about uh, AEW and WWE. It's pro wrestling. We talk about it all. Thank you guys so much for being there. Please uh, like, comment, subscribe, share the show with your friends. Hit that five star review, but uh, you know, do all that kind of stuff on all the everywhere you listen. You know what to do. You've you've heard the show before. Um, 
And speaking of hearing the show before and speaking of repeat matches and things like that, last week we had a sponsor and they were just amazing. So we were having them back. Last week we had Paint Your Life there. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Send any picture of yourself, your children, your family, a special place or a chair pet much like we have on the screen here if you're watching us on uh, youtube that's raj's he had one done uh you can combine photos into one painting you can do all sorts of stuff you get to choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect it's quick it's an easy process you get a hand-painted portrait in about three weeks i personally was blown away when i got mine the quality was amazing uh you can get yours at paintyourlife.com there's no risk if you don't love the final painting your money is refunded guaranteed and right now as a limited time offer get 20 percent off your painting that's right 20 percent off and free shipping to get this special offer text the word wrestling to 64,000. That's wrestling to 64,000. Text wrestling to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text wrestling to 64,000. Raj, you shared yours just now. An awesome photo there. Uh, what was your uh, experience like with Paint Your Life? Man, our our entryway. We had... So originally we had just this court... This shitty cork board up that you know we we would hang receipts and stuff up that you know to get a free coupon or whatever you know whatever <laughs> and, it, and we're, you know finally uh my mom was like this looks like crap you need to get rid of this and and then we did this and i remember my mom came she's like oh my god this looks amazing and <laughs> paint you know paint your life we we got a picture done me and my my wife, my daughters, it was amazing. So I mean, I, I pulled it off the wall tonight. My wife hasn't seen that I pulled it off the wall. Yet. She might be pissed. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow if I get yelled at. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back up. Hopefully, if I don't have too many of these. Um, yeah, a dangerous game to play. A dangerous <laughs> game. <laughs> Uh, well, let's, uh, you know what I have, a, let's, let's try talking about raw on this show. Let's see what happened on WWE raw. Um, one thing that was really cool this week is, uh, we had a new person opening up the show. It was Nikki. I don't know if it's Nikki Ash or Nikki ASH. I feel like they bounce back and forth between that throughout the show. But, uh, I just wanted to say her opening and I know I'm someone who says I love everything, but I love her excitement and her enthusiasm. And when she was like, I've always wanted to say welcome to Monday Night Raw, I, it felt really real. It feels like she's really into it. She was really excited. I think anyone else who comes across with this believe in yourself stuff would come off corny, but she's so lovable. I think it works with her. That said, Charlotte comes out, and Charlotte's going to Charlotte. She gets her match in the main event, and uh, she wins. She, she beats uh, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, Chuck, we'll start with you. Um, the, the Nikki Ash, Nikki Cash in the bank, money in the bank. How would you feel about this whole thing? There's a time and there's a place for everything in life. But being a motivational speaker, being the female version of Tony Robbins is not appropriate for the beginning of Monday Night Raw. 
It's a matter of fact, though. All right, let me let me just go heal here for a second, gentlemen. Yeah. I love the message. Okay, it is a wholesome, positive message. It's fantastic. Good for you, Nikki Cross. We never thought that you would be the women's champion. Fantastic. But how is her saying that any different than any one of the women who has won the title in recent history, save Charlotte Flair? Even Rhea Ripley, when she uh, won it, got a little bit emotional in one of her promos after the fact, right? So how is putting Nikki in this superhero, almost a superhero outfit, and saying essentially the same thing any damn different? It is redundant. It is old at this point, and it seems like preconceived and trite and phony to me, even if it is authentic. It's a dead act. And unfortunately for Nikki, I also think that that means that she's DOA moving forward. There's no way she's going to be a viable champion. And I'm just as, as much as I love a positive message, God knows I do. I make a living off of like helping people achieve their best. But geez, Louise, for the love of Pearl, like let's end this <laughs> crap, man. God. Uh, Raj, you love Pearl. How do you feel? <laughs> I, I mean, I agree for the most part. I, I do think, um, you know, there could be a twist that's put on this. You know, it's almost like Rocky Maivia when he came in, the the smiling to, you know, baby face, and then you turn around to where he's actually a heel or Kurt Angle actually. Yeah, Rocky didn't do that, but Kurt Angle, where he was trying to be this over the top baby face, uh, but he was actually a heel. You know, this this gimmick, it's just so 1980s, and mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, you look at Nikki Cross, it's clear. That she is one of the most likable people on the planet. Like, you want to like her. And then giving her this gimmick, it's... it's I'm a 50-year-old man, and it's uncool. I'm not 50 yet, but, you know, <laughs> I can look, and I'm just like, that's just unhip. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, it just sucks. Like, I can't get behind that. I, I will say, and... And uh, my daughters, yeah. and my daughters, who are 10 and 12... They love Sasha Banks. They think she is the coolest thing on God's green earth. And they watch it and they're like, Dad, what are you watching? That's what they said that's, to me. That's got to be the worst. <laughs> Have they ever gotten behind one of those like, oh, this is my crowning moment. I'm so glad I'm here. All of this hard work is finally paying off. No. Like, the, no, right. It doesn't cool. freaking resonate. It doesn't resonate. Right. It's, it's crap. You yeah. know what I think the difference is, is I think as opposed to someone like Aria Ripley, none of us believe Nikki Cross was ever going to win the title. So when she won it, it actually did have some truth. When, when Rhea Ripley says it, you're like, yeah, but you were, you were pretty much going to do it. Uh, I, don't th I didn't think Nikki A.S.H. was going to win the title. No. I didn't think that was ever. Now, I'm not a huge superhero. Like, I'm not really into necessarily the, fit, the whole shebang of it all, but. I, I like I liked that she won. I like her enough to get past it. But I did feel at the end of the night, and this is the Jack Farmer critique of the evening, uh, I saw someone say on Twitter a while ago that Raw is like the land of hopelessness. And it feels like every time you get a little bit of hope of so in something, it just gets squashed. And that's how it felt. Even as someone who's like, I'm happy for her. I'm happy she's doing this. Good for her. Then it just gets squashed. And I feel like, oh, okay. Now I feel... Now I feel stupid for being the guy that believed in her. Uh, being the one guy on the podcast that says, I believe in her. Oh, now I feel stupid. Uh, and that's what I hated about the end of the show. That happens more often than not. 
but, yeah. but you, what, what's stupid about the end of the show was like she lost, but then she's still bragging about how she almost won. Like, what the f is that? What in the holy f balls is that? Please, somebody help me. If you're looking like I like, what's a what's a new TV show you you got into? For me, it was The Boys. Like, I yeah. got into The Boys recently, and those guys. Are not dorks, you know. Like it's they're cool. Nikki Cross getting her ass kicked and then bragging about ending up with the victory is not cool. And 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 we're missing that cool factor with wrestling. And that's what you know. You go back to the NWO. You go back to wrestling in the nineties. That was what got no matter what age. That was what got people in. And I would say even because I'm a big NWO guy, but even more recently, like an evolution or even the shield or other groups that had a cool factor to them that made them stand out. Uh, But also, even with this, the whole thing feels like they're hedging their bets by having Rhea Ripley just kind of lurking around the whole time. Also, Uh, I love Rhea Ripley also, but it's like what it feels like she's being forced in here because it feels like they don't believe in what Nikki Ash is doing. Uh, and they need her there ready to pick it up if things don't go well. But again, I don't know. I, I just I felt like they got me to believe in this character despite everything. And then they kind of threw it in my face at the end of the show. So that wasn't my favorite part of uh, of the show. Chuck, uh, you want to say it? About uh, Rhea, Rhea Ripley on the main roster. What do you think? Uh, Rhea Ripley main roster. I'm all, I'm all for it. I like Rhea Ripley. Like mm-hmm. you know, I got no no problem whatsoever with her. I Has it not her. sucked how they booked her on the main roster? I mean, it, not to the degree that Nikki Ash has like just been booked like Nikki Ass. No, like I it's think just it's been awful. I think it's been <laughs> terrible. I mean, she, she's the- sitting there. She's just like she's watching matches. She's just like you know, just watching. Uh, making faces, and that's the extent of her character. Yeah, but she's not bragging about almost watching a match. She's not bragging about she's almost, not doing anything. almost losing a match. She's, I mean, the her fact that she's is... not doing anything makes her infinitely better than what Nikki <sighs> A.S.H. is doing right now. I think it's just as bad because you have these expectations for her, and she's just sitting there smirking, and you're like, okay, so you're trying to be Charlotte Flair? Is that what you're doing? Is that the the story? And then she's doing that, and then she's not doing. Ah, I don't know, man. It. I. I think they they screwed up on her. I think royally. I. I she. She always comes across to me uh, on Raw as opposed to NXT. It, it feel. It seems like someone who watched her on NXT is trying to write a character like her on NXT, but doesn't know that character very well. She As should, opposed to just yeah. letting her do her thing. Just let her kill fuckers. That's, I mean, yeah. Kill people. <laughs> That's Drew's <laughs> thing now. Drew, Drew McIntyre is the killer now. Yeah. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez says uh, that... Oh, wait. Uh, Alejandro Villarreal. Oh, uh, oh. Did we miss Justin Lopez? Uh, there was a Stellar Justin Lopez that oh, said, she got a nice pop tonight, but... Uh, bless Nikki. She's got to walk into Chicago next week with this gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, was, Ooh, I, I do. That's gonna be I, rough. I was, I was thinking that. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then Alejandro says Nikki Cross gimmick would go would would go good with uh, in the '90s. She reminds me uh, of a gimmick done by Justin Incredible when he was uh, Aldo Montoya. Al, Aldo Montoya. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, 
Aloxy S says, FYI, to backtrack on Punk's drawing power in the UFC 225, did 250,000 buys. UFC 213 had the same main event and did 150,000 buys. So he was worth 100,000 buys. And, you know, you multiply that by 60 bucks and you can do the yeah. math. Yeah, that's that's a lot. So, um, and then uh, Kayla Mix says, "Will SummerSlam match be a four-way dance? Maybe Becky being the fourth. I hope not. No what do you guys think? No, save save Becky for singles, man. You can't put her in a four-way match on in in her debut back, man. You just can't do it. She deserves to have that spotlight on herself, basically. I would argue that Becky is the biggest baby face in the company. Mm-hmm. Who who's bigger? Nikki A. Sage. I, I, <laughs> I think I think I think Becky is. Yeah, sure. like no one as a baby face. And you know what? WWE is hurting with baby faces. They they built up great heels. Roman is a, a league of his own. Yeah. And uh Bobby Lashley is awesome. Carrying uh, Cross, he lost in under two minutes to Jeff Hardy and everything. But um they have been building these heels, but they have no baby faces. It's because every time they you have something nice, they like to just squash it and ruin it. I don't at least that's how I don't know. That's how it feels to me. They uh, they, they need it. They need it. And uh, you know, Becky is as soon as she gets back, she's the number one baby face in the company. You know, probably in all of a rest in all of wrestling. I don't possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're number one in WWE, uh, you're number one in wrestling at least here in America. Yeah, unless uh, Daniel Bryan's in there. You know. Yeah. That, I don't know. I, I feel like it, to be the biggest in wrestling, you you kind of have to be in WWE. I mean, when you look at just the size of the company, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I have a feeling Becky won't even have a match at SummerSlam. But uh, <laughs> Brett Richardson says, Rhea needs to stop with her smirks, come out there and kick yes. Charlotte's butt. Charlotte may be doing good work, but it's tired, boring, and overused. Um now you could say that about ninety percent of WWE's product on Monday nights, man. Tired, boring, overused. Yeah, Just Raw saying. desperately needs a a draft very soon. Um, but you know, being three hours, that's always going to be a handicap, and it's we're stuck with Raw being three hours. But it's and, uh, but like I said, SmackDown's a good two. It's not like two hours of Raw is good and one hour is bad. <laughs> like it's dude, like SmackDown was I. I found SmackDown so entertaining watching it. And then yeah. it, top it off with the Roman promo. It was the best wrestling I saw all week. Mm. Over AEW. I thought AEW was really fun too. But I thought SmackDown was the most enjoyable show of the week. Because yeah. of that Roman promo. No doubt. Uh, Roman's next level. He's so good right now. Yes. Uh, Joel Wood brings up that they have Drew McIntyre and Riddle and Kevin Owens and Big E. They may not be Becky, but there's something there. Um, yeah, I think they're all great. I think the the issue there, though, is uh, Drew McIntyre is the only one that's been a world champion recently. So it's hard to say they're the biggest. Drew's uh, been boring, man. Been boring. I, don't, I don't think that that's his fault. I mean, they're they're kind of doing that backslide into oblivion for him, which you kind of suspected ever since he won that title a couple of years ago. Like, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's that backslide coming? And finally, it's starting to happen, man. I hope that he doesn't get all the way down to permanent mid-card status where he was and have to work his way back up outside of WWE again. But in all honesty, I'm not convinced that that's not going to happen. 
Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that. He had uh, a match with Veer today, and he uh, he beat him up pretty quickly. Had a weird. They said he won with the chair. Is a, a DQ? Is a DQ win? Yeah. Because, no, no. Veer won. Oh, I kind of swore they said uh, Drew won. No, Veer won oh. because uh, Drew used the chair. Uh, but in any case, uh, I actually. Do I think this needs to be uh, main eventing pay-per-views? No, but I think this is a great thing for him to sort of reset a little bit. He can run through some guys, some big fellas. He can beat up for a little bit in something that's not super important as he fights his way to get to gender. I personally like this. I, again, it's not something I want to see main eventing SummerSlam, but it's a good little side quest for him, I think, to kind of occupy him in between now and the uh, – uh, his next world title run. And Jack says, they said drew one Raj. Yeah. I don't get what, it. That's because, what, okay. I remember at least in my notes, I, because they were justifying it saying that he brought the chair in, which is why he lost. Okay. 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 Which is weird. <laughs> I didn't get it, but uh, in any case, um, you know, Chuck, you're worried about him being stuck in mid card status. Uh, do you, what are your thoughts on what he's doing right now? I think that it is the road to purgatory, my friend. I don't see a way back up the card for him anytime soon. I mean, where where do you go from here? You're not going to get him right back into that main title picture again, right? So where do you go? You're kind of stuck, man. You're going to be in, in second gear here for, I mean, in perpetuity. I, I, honest to Christ, do not know where this goes from here. And I, I, I am fearful for the future of Drew McIntyre's career at this point. I think that he's booked out. I don't know. I think I, 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 I like to think that this is my hope is this is kind of like AJ Styles, who was the champion for a long time and then drifted off and has been doing the tag team thing and doing uh, like the U.S. title, intercontinental title thing. And now if he got a world title shot again, it wouldn't feel repetitive because uh, he's, he's been away from it for a little bit. I like to think that this is his chance to sort of cool off for a little bit, do some other stuff. So maybe next time WrestleMania rolls around, he starts heating up again. But maybe I'm being just optimistic. You are. You're Raj, being optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> You're being optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I was almost right about my. Yeah, you, you know. You know what's funny is that there was a Disney movie made on one of the guys in this match. A Disney movie was made on one of the guys in this match. Do you guys know who it was? No. On Beer. So Beer legitimately had. Uh, a professional career as a baseball thrower and whatever they call it. I don't a, a pitcher, a, pitcher. Base, a baseball thrower, <laughs> a baseball pusher, pushing the baller. Oh, it's so God. funny because I didn't actually even like, I was just like, Oh yeah, a baseball throw. <laughs> but didn't register that. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So he was uh, recruited from India in the minor leagues and uh, there's a movie. It's called um, Jesus Christ. What's it? What's is it the? the um, I think I know this movie. It came out like in the '90s, right? No, 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 no. no. It, John Hamm was the the coach. Oh, uh, maybe like, I'm thinking of Rookie last of ten the years. Year. <laughs> Guys, in the uh, in the uh, chat, come on, million dollar it? arm, million dollar oh. arm. Why? Why? Yeah. So that so. is in the bug. So that's out. beer. Beer is based on that guy. And if you just took a little time to say that this is that guy, it makes him a much bigger deal. And they won't even acknowledge it, you know? 
Kind of I had no idea until you just mentioned that. And that seems like something that WWE ordinarily would go, you know, bend over backwards to say because it gives them that mainstream attention that they like so much. So I'm surprised that they haven't gone with it. I don't think that it necessarily fits the character that he's portraying right now. But yeah, man, I mean, get that mention out there and let him do some media. Hype it up, man. I yeah, wonder if absolutely. there's a Disney like legal thing for that. No, they, no, they it's don't not. Want... No, absolutely it's not. Um, but Joel says they love Drew McIntyre. He's not going anywhere. They're just trying not to Roman Reigns the guy by having the fans turn on him. Um, and then uh, Hojo to go Belinsky uh, with the super chat. Thank you so much. Um, but uh, let's let's chat a little bit about the world title, the, the place that Drew McIntyre used to be. We got Bobby Lashley coming out, uh, says he's not even going to respond to Goldberg. So he gets the hurt business instead. He beats both Shelton and Cedric pretty handedly uh, and he threw in a jackhammer for good measure there as well. Uh, I, I get what they're trying. To, I, I get that they were what they're trying to do here, make Bobby Lashley look strong, but. I felt awkward. I don't know who I was supposed to cheer for in this because every single person that came out was someone who's a, a bad guy. We, like They're all jerks. It just seemed like a weird choice of those two guys being the guys that come out. No? All I could think of was they're doing what they feel like they need to do to build up Lashley heading into SummerSlam to face Goldberg. That was the only purpose behind this segment. Who are two familiar faces that they can throw in the ring to be sacrificial lambs? Oh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Let's go ahead and double down on those guys and have Lashley take them out. And that's exactly what they did, man. I wouldn't think too much into this particular segment, into this victory, other than they're just trying to build up his credibility a little bit more heading into the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania is the second biggest pay-per-view. The Crown Jewel is actually the biggest of the year. The oh, first. hot damn, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I do got to say... Um, to your point, uh, I, I do think that um, the – oh, geez. Now I just uh, totally spaced. <laughs> I totally spaced Everyone stop what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with Lashley and Goldberg, I, I think, like, no one cares to see Goldberg chasing the title. No mm-hmm. one cares. They want to see Goldberg. You know, and I'm one of them. I think Goldberg, I love Goldberg. Like, mm-hmm. I was at the Pepsi Center in 1999 at those shows when the crowd was just going nuts for Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And it was not piped in. It was everyone on their feet. Before the show started, they're chanting, Goldberg, Goldberg. And it was a special time. Goldberg's a legit superstar. So... Him chasing Lashley, we know what's going to happen, right? We know Lashley's beating him. It's going to be a two-minute match. Lashley's beating him. But if you do him with a Big E or a Riddle or a, a Keith Lee, then all of a sudden it's not a foregone conclusion. And all of a sudden it's interesting. You still see your Goldberg. And I think Goldberg should win a couple matches before he loses. So... Mm-hmm. Give him a couple wins, he loses. Give him a couple wins, he loses. But he makes somebody. Somebody on the ascension. And, yeah. uh, but the way they're doing it, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like there's no... Uh, it's a recipe for failure. Because you know Lashley's beating him. I don't think there's going to be much of a reaction for it. And eh, I could be wrong. 
No, I, I think you're probably right. I, but, and to your point, even if he got those wins, instead of having Lashley beat the hurt, former Hurt business, I think, and we've talked about it, Cedric may be trying to pick a fight with Goldberg first yeah. and then getting run over, and then Shelton trying to pick a fight with Goldberg and then getting run over. Uh, even if they're not still tied to Bobby Lashley, we still have that in the back of our head, knowing that, okay, they were used to be affiliated, so it's kind of a... Uh, so like a next, they're still close to adjacent. I would say they're still Bobby Lashley adjacent, <laughs> which uh, which works. Yeah. Uh, plus, Cedric was trying to take out old veterans, so it would work there. Which, by the way, it seems like that whole thing is over. Because, dude, that would have been that would have been something. You know, uh, again, get these younger guys in the mix because you're constantly make it seem like the stars are the people from the past and not the guys in the future except for roman reigns and yeah and they've done a great job with roman reigns but you need to get more people up on that level yes uh in the chat we have uh a lock shaw saying uh off topic did you see moxley do a blade job moxley was seen pulling something out of his wristband after receiving a right hand through a trash can lid i don't know what that I don't know what that's specifically referring to. That was that was during the match with uh, um, Wait, Lance Archer. Oh, Lance, Lance Archer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So that last week, I didn't I didn't notice it personally. But. What currency was that? Just out of curiosity, that a lock was spending on. I think that was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, Zook Enigma says, we need a Drunk Raj segment on Raw. It's good. There's an, uh, there's an, uh, an asterisk in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good shit. It's good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, sir. I'd be yeah, on sir. for that. That's a hell of a watch along right there. <laughs> right. It would make the after show a little awkward when uh, Chuck and I are like, man, Raj was so repetitive. He says this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but speaking of new stars, Cross versus Lee. Imagine if the UFC promoted a fight between two dudes that got smoked the week before. In any <laughs> case, uh, this is a great example, I thought, of how important presentation is. On NXT, this is a takeover main event. Now, it's like a mid-card random matchup. Uh, Keith Lee takes a competitive loss, and Cross got the win. Chuck, my question to you is these guys going at it, was it win-win because one of them had to get a win or was it lose-lose because one of them had to take a loss? Lose-lose. As soon as I saw this match, I was like, why in the hell are they doing this? Neither one of these guys should have lost last week at all. And now you're going to have, you're going to force one of them to get a second loss. And, and poor Keith Lee, right? He's gone all this time. Still hasn't explained where he's been, but the poor guy's absent forever in a day. He comes back, he loses. The following week, what happens? Competitive, yes, but he loses again. And as we know, with Nikki A.S.H., almost winning still is not winning. So Keith Lee here, I, I don't like what they're doing with him. I hope that everything shakes out for him down the line. Uh, but damn, no, man, this was not the smartest booking in the world to me at all whatsoever. I have three points to make for, for Raj, and I want your response. One, it was an, an Indian rupee, by the way, was the, oh. the currency. Um, two, Raj, you had mentioned on Twitter that you were going to explain what's going on with Keith Lee and what your oh, thoughts no, no, are. No, 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 my, my guess. Your guess. Your guess on what your guess is what's going on. And three, my, my question for you that I'd like to follow up with is, if Karrion Cross were a stock, 
would you buy or sell right now the carrying cross stock so carrying cross i'd buy I, I do think he, I, I do think Vince looks at him and sees money. I do think that him losing Jeff Hardy that was supposed to be a storyline. Obviously, Jeff Hardy getting COVID. Now they can't do it, but it was supposed to be carrying on. Um, but I do think they they missed Vince. Is not the same. Vince would not have had. It's weird because Vince would not have Roman right now lose to Johnny Gargano in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's pretty. Uh, we know that. I, I don't know, man. Vince is is not in that storyline mind frame anymore that he used to be. He is just he's out there, and you know what? If if you're a true genius at business. You have to let go of where your weaknesses are. And I don't think Vince is letting go of his weaknesses in creative. Because that is has been the biggest downfall of WWE has been the creative. They haven't not they have not been creating superstars over the past twenty years like they used to. Does he not work on SmackDown at all, though? Because that's, I mean, that's what's weird to me is, is SmackDown's great. So is, is he only no, he works chiming on in on Raw? No, no, he works on it all. But as far as, uh, as far as a top baby face, when, when was the last time we've seen it? I, Daniel Bryan was the last, I felt like, world title challenger, uh, top baby face outside of a outside of a drew mcintyre but i think he didn't feel as organic in a lot of ways by the right. end right so yeah um so so what what is that's your thoughts on keith lee that's you, you just think he's uh missing the boat no so what i think with keith lee is that he is he he seemed out of shape and i know that's a big deal with the people on top Mm-hmm. And I, I even heard that with people on top. Like he, uh, I don't know what he was, um, his medical condition that he was out of action. But for whatever reason, uh, I know he had heat for showing up the way he showed up. And I think that is stupid uh, for someone that's been out of action for four months and expecting him to be whatever. But yeah, he... He's out of shape, and I th- I think they're sending a message. Hmm. So, anyway. Oh, uh, I was a big fan of him in NXT. I hope whatever it is he's able to uh, overcome, but we'll, we will see. Uh, we had AJ Omos and uh, Viking <laughs> Raiders have another match, and this one was a good one, but about as repetitive as you could get. That said, the champions retained clean, so I like to think I like to think that this is the last time we'll see it for a little bit. Uh, the real story here with the tag team champs, though, is later on in the night they help Morrison get a win over Riddle. Uh, Chuck Riddle versus Morrison's a rehash, but this match allowed Morrison to get a win and it moved the rivalry forward with Riddle and AJ and Omos. Was this a good move then, booking wise? if we basically get a uh, step forward in the right direction. 
Absolutely. It's one of those rare instances where WWE took retreads and was able to make new tires out of them. And I absolutely love what they did here uh, because when I saw AJ and Omos versus the Viking Raiders, I was like, for the love of Pearl, again, where in the hell, uh, you know, are, are, is the creativity here? Why can't we come up with something new? And lo and behold, you know, jokes on me, they sure as hell did that. I like this. It's a cool way to further the angle and kind of freshen things up for everybody, you know? So yeah, uh, Jack, to your question, I absolutely am on board with this. And I wish for the love of God, with all of the other rematches that we see week after week after week, they would find a way to freshen that shit up as well. Uh, Raj, now, by the way, Jackson in the chat says, NWO Raj is equal to Finn Demon. It's rare but great, and he deserves to let loose sometimes. Well, <laughs> let loose on this. I have a question for you. What's next for the Viking Raiders? Man, I mean, what have we seen before? Like, they disappear, right? I mean, it, it's just what yeah. happens. When they're done with the team, they go on to the next one. That's what's going to happen. That is probably the most uh, accurate answer. I was hoping for something a little, a little more <laughs> not, flowery, but sadly, probably, nothing, nothing positive. True. Uh, I this is actually a side question. I was thinking about: Are they doing house shows now? Yeah, I was wondering because they weren't doing house shows, obviously during they, uh, the, the first one was this past weekend with in Pittsburgh. So I was wondering because we noticed that there wasn't it wasn't as repetitive this time. I wonder if they were basically doing like house show circuits, but on TV, because in house shows, they do the same matches a lot. Uh, and I wonder if they weren't doing house shows. So they said, OK, we'll just do it on TV. And now that they're doing the house shows, I wonder if that's hel what's helping them sort of create new like new stuff instead of having the same stuff mm -hmm. over and over again. I don't know. That's just me guessing but i don't know i don't know that's if you guys have thoughts on that. interesting thing to ponder man yeah i can't say for certain that you're wrong i mean that's certainly yeah. something to think about yeah but mm. um so maybe hopefully if that's the case hopefully that means we're getting some fresh stuff on raw sometime soon um we did get a good fresh matchup though damian priest for sheamus sheamus i think has just been stellar in his role and what he's been doing at the u.s title but the star of this one damian priest stepping up and winning the match probably means he's going to get a shot at the u.s title at SummerSlam. uh what were they calling these con championship contender matches uh we had like seven of them tonight uh <laughs> i think uh, we had more championship contender matches than actual championships i think but uh uh, Chuck, I think these guys have great chemistry. I think they could be one of those like long-term rivals where like their careers continue to be connected. How did you think this went? And uh, even though the champ lost, do you think it was the right move to build to something afterwards? Yeah, man, this is another uh, one of those few instances on the night where WWE got it right. And I will actually go so far as to say that I need to eat a little bit of crow uh, when it comes to mm -hmm. Damian Priest. I thought that after WrestleMania and Bad Bunny left WWE to go back out on tour to do his music, I thought that was the end of Damian Priest. And then he's off TV for a few weeks, I believe, nursing an injury. But then... I'm thinking like this guy's going to be relegated to, you know, like curtain jerk status. 
But no, 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 no. Now they've got him on the right track, man. They're tapping into that potential. So I'm really high on what it is that they're doing here with Damian Priest, man. I love the fact that they gave him a quality win. He certainly put on a quality match. And yeah, this is something that actually I can see a few people not, you know, buying as many as the pay, uh, as the main event. But I can see a few people getting the WWE Network on Peacock just to see how this one plays out, particularly among maybe, you know, Puerto Rican fans because I do believe that Damian Priest is Puerto Rican, you know. So maybe there's something there. If nothing else, man, they've got themselves a future star in him and I hope that they continue to book him in this fashion. Yeah, Raj, any thoughts on the matchup and how things went with this one? Uh no, not really. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan. We've been talking forever about pushing Damian Priest. I feel like uh his time is there. I think um Man, I think WWE has a hard time of putting the strap to the moon on guys. And when mm-hmm. they do, you see the results. They're not doing it on baby faces. And they need to do it on baby faces. And I think Damian Priest could be one of the guys that you do it on. I, I think they they kind of did it with McIntyre. I mean, they I think they did it with McIntyre. There's the timing didn't work out for obvious reasons right i mean i don't i don't think anyone is like going crazy for drew mcintyre coming out right not well after uh, three months of history lessons i, I can see <laughs> yeah. why <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah um speaking of history lessons uh we had mace and t-bar in a tag team match with their old chum uh mustafa ali and mansoor and uh, watching this I've seen as a kid, I would love T Bar and Mace. I've just decided, like, if, if I was younger, I'd be all about these two dudes. I'd want to be in their crew. Uh, I'd want to put face paint on and all that stuff. But I like, I, I like the Road Warriors and Legion of Doom and stuff too. But, anyways, the story here is uh, about Ali and Mansoor working together and Mansoor sort of being the don't trust anybody kind of guy and uh, Mansoor being excited to be there. Uh, Raj, I want to ask you, is this RK Bro light? Man, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I, I find Ali and uh, Mansoor in a tag team to be kind of offensive. Like, it, it's just lazy. Like, mm-hmm. we have two Middle Eastern guys. They're in a tag team. It was like it was like years ago when uh, Xavier Woods first came up. And they just threw him in with our truth Even though they are nothing alike. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we got two black athletes. Let's, let's put them together. This is what it felt like to me. But... Yeah. Um meh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's weak personally. Yeah. yeah, Chuck, do you agree? I do, and I'm actually wondering if that's kind of what uh, Mustafa Ali was referencing when he put out a tweet, I believe it was earlier today, uh, referring to people as simpletons if they couldn't tell him and Mansoor apart, you know, because that that simpleton mentality goes back directly to what it was that Raj just said, that just easy booking mentality because you have two people that look alike so naturally let's make them a tag team right that's super lazy simpleton mentality and yeah i i i think that if you were to pull mansoor and mustafa ali privately they would say exactly what it was that raj just said yeah i mean i you're you're not wrong i do like uh what ali is doing i think he's great for this that kind of role uh and i think mansoor is great but you're right it when it happens, you do kind of go, hmm, mm. that this seems like seems like they shortcutted something there. But 
in any case, I like I like that they're on TV. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. better than them not being on TV. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez in the chat says T Bar and Mace did the job to Riddle and Cena in a dark match after Raw. Uh, Justin, I, you're I mean I don't know you you must be tr- right, but you capitalized job. I mean, come on, you, it's Riddle and Cena. Of course they're going to lose that match. It's <laughs> <Yeah. not> like- <laughs> if T Bar and Mace won that match, Jesus that, Christ, that would be news. <laughs> Even they would be like, "Are you sure?" Right. I mean, I would be so upset. <laughs> Could you imagine? Jesus. They pin Cena clean. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's like T-Bar won the match for the team of pinning Cena. Oh, God. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah but uh, I'm sure Cena will be working a lot of dark matches to get ready for yeah. his... Uh, yeah, he's got like 20 cities he's going to be on. Yeah. Um, and last question about the Ali and uh, Mansoor thing. Uh, just and speaking of T-Bar and Mace, they referenced it quickly on commentary, but they didn't really talk about the fact that they used to be in Retribution. Uh, and this can go to either of you guys. Do you think they should have talked about the history there, or was this a good time for them to say, look, they're kind of doing different things. Let's just focus on what these teams are doing now as opposed to getting into the history of Retribution and Ali and all that good stuff. Ordinarily, I would say just let retribution rest in peace, leave it in the past. But because it would have added a layer to the story here in this particular match, I would have talked about it a little bit, not necessarily hammer it home, don't have to belabor it, but certainly add a little bit more to the story. You know, take a little time, explain it. And I think that that would be okay. But you don't have to really just just drill it drill it drill it home so uh yeah a little bit more talk didn't need to be hammered home but let me let me pivot here and throw you boys a wild card because this just popped into my head you had the report out that wwe is heading back to uh, saudi arabia in october could we be seeing in mustafa ali and mansoor the seeds being planted for the new raw tag team champions mm-hmm. i mean it would make sense it possibly so I, I think the question mark there is Orton and what's going on with, with him at this point, I would think. Because I don't know what's going on with Orton. It, it, I don't know I if he's they, hurt or I what. I think they, they keep the Saudi Arabia trips as such third party. Like, they want to forget about it as soon as it's done. You don't, you know, it's not like a SummerSlam where it's lingering. It's just mm-hmm. like, we're done. We're gone. We're moving on. And, uh. I just have a feeling like eh, the Saudi Arabia is not in their long-term plans. They'll do it, but it's not their their plans, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so um, since we are going a little long, let's. I want to move on to Reginald and R Truth here. We have an official twenty-four-seven title match. Uh, I think Reginald is so much fun. He's flipping around like he's Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the video game, uh, off of everything. I loved his new entrance. R-Truth on the mic was a fun little thing to try out here. Uh, Chuck, is this a new era for the 24-7 title where we're going to have actual matches? All right, here comes the positivity. Yes, man, this was the most entertained I've been by anything 24-7 related in a long time. And I love what they did with Reginald tonight. Even his exit from the ring was like, holy crap, did he just do that? And we've seen a lot of cool stuff with the high flyers in WWE. Think about some of the stuff that we've seen from Ricochet. And Reginald, in my opinion, just with that exit tonight, was able to top even that. So I'm like, wow, 
that's a that's a real champion that we've got there. I mean, the title still looks like crap, but man, we got ourselves a real champion. So yeah, I love what they did. And if they're going to do anything with the 24-7 title in the future, man, I really hope that it is something in this vein. I'm all in for what they did tonight. Yeah, Raj, yeah, um, what do you think? Uh, 100%. If you look at my tweets, it was just like, oh my God, this guy is awesome. Like, I can be negative on everything around it, but this guy just fucking kills it. He's awesome. I mean, yeah, how, and Chuck, to your point, how effortlessly he flips out of the ring, too. Like, it's not yeah. like he, he had to, like, do some big, like, post up and then jump kind of thing. It looked like he just kind of went, like, Bloop, and like flipped, yeah. out, flipped out of the ring, landed on his feet, and just kept going. It was, it's crazy how he can just flip around on anything. And I see him being someone that, uh, I, I one just no matter what age you are, being blown away by what he can do. But especially because he's smaller, if you're like a kid, you're like, yeah, I want to be yeah. the, the guy that flips yeah. around all over the place and does all this cool stuff. Did you ever see in NXT when Ricochet did the flip outside the ring and in, yes. in the guy's face? Uh, yeah, and it, I think it was Dream's face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was unreal. And this guy can do stuff like that. It's yeah. amazing. But even, and, and Ricochet's one of the like best flyers ever, so nothing to take away from him. But like even Ricochet, he had to kind of like, I think he got a little running start to do it. And then yeah, right. he was alone in the ring where, I mean, there was like pandemonium around Reginald. He just sort of like, right. just like jumped out of the ring and landed on his feet. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, He's he's great. I want to see more of him. Uh, someone I've never said I want to see more of, by the way, I thought had the very best segment they've ever done. Lily imitating Eva Marie was one of my favorite <laughs> Lily segments I've ever seen. It was so Raj is checking out. Raj is gone. <laughs> I, don't care. I, I am not a Lily fan, but I loved that. She was coming in and uh, acting like Eva Marie. It was cracking me up. It cost her the match. It was I love this. I don't care. Send me all the hate mail at Real Jack Farmer. I love this Lily segment this time. It cracked me up. It was fun. Chuck, uh, how did you feel about this one? So, yeah, I'm just going to have to go ahead and disagree with you. Uh, that was not great. Um, as a matter of fact, that was just crap. You know, I, I just I don't know where to go with this other than Raj, I know that you exited out of the picture here, bro, but you got to save me. You got to save me. Oh, my God. You it's the worst shit I've ever seen. Sanity. Jesus oh, Christ. God. It's terrible. <laughs> Raj, I hope next time you're on, you do the green screen thing where it looks like you're in the playhouse. <laughs> uh, just... <laughs> where am I? <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, um, so I take it you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair assessment. I hate saying this to Jack because it's like <laughs> someone someone shitting under the tree on Christmas. <laughs> <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting the gift and there's shit all over it. And it's just like, no, oh, no. What is this? Poor Jack. Poor Damn. Jack. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't care. I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you All right, go buy one go. of those Lily dolls okay. in WWE shop now, Chuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get two. I'm gonna get. One. Speaking of Christmas gifts, you guys are getting one for uh, Christmas this year. Uh, 
Bryant Outen says, guys, after all these years watching WWE, our truth music is still the same. He still rocks the crowd. What's up? I was actually thinking that huh? that's one of the best reactions is what's up consistently. Uh, and then Loki 07 says, how about making Ali and Mansoor rich guys from the Middle East that somehow managed to buy the tag titles and introduce new belts that are made of pure gold? That's not, not stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're still kind of going down the same uh the same. I remember path the here. Orient Express with uh with you know what? I was never a big political guy growing up. Mm-hmm. But uh with my you know, with my parents and when we were watching wrestling, I remember the Orient Express. For some reason that bothered me. Like it was like why am I supposed to hate these guys? They're really good. They're awesome in the ring. And it's like, well, you know, they're, you know, the the, the reason given was like, because they're these Asian businessmen that want to take your jobs. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, that is the worst excuse I've ever heard. And right. I could never, I mean, I was, and from there on, I was the biggest Orient Express fan. So anyway, yeah. favorite tag team, Orient Express. i um yeah it's 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 interesting whenever there's someone from another country and like how much do you lean on that background because i think like if i was in japan and i was watching new japan i would probably love like the stan hansen guys with cowboy hats i don't wear a cowboy hat but i'd probably like yeah the american in the cowboy hat but at the same time there's probably that balance of like what's too much i don't know It, it must be i guess since i only watch american wrestling i don't really it's hard to really gauge, but uh, it, it's interesting. How much do you lean on someone's cultural background and how much do you try to say, hey, that's not all they are as well? Because that's kind of what Drew McIntyre is really leaning into his uh, and it works. But I don't so I don't know. That's, it's, I guess it's an interesting question to, to think about in that case. I yeah. guess it shouldn't be it should make them a bad guy to Raj Trump. Yeah. Should I do uh, Trump? Should yeah, I, I do Trump? Should. I think you should. Let's do Trump. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! I watched the show. It was the best show. But no Trump. No Trump. <laughs> next super chat. Next super chat. You should read as Trump. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, game. So, Orient yeah. Express versus the Rockers. Some of the greatest. Show me the greatest. <laughs> right. Some of the greatest tag teams matches everywhere. Oh god! Oh, now god. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, well, I think... it's so great. It's so great. Oh my god! All right. Oh, well, Jeez. I, I we think... just lost up. <laughs> It's off the rails, boys. Uh, uh, Bid Moon uh, has a super chat. Uh, uh, says, uh, I don't know, Raj, do you want to read it in Trump? That's, uh, that's what I think. How's Raj SmackDown produced by the same company? Jesus Christ. Lily. <laughs> Lily, <laughs> show her, bro. Good trap. This is is just going to be the Raj Does Trump Voice podcast from now on. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, 
All right. But anyways, I think that I think that's it for Raw this week. Uh, um, oh, all right. Um, but uh, I think that does it for us. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. You guys got a Macho Man Randy Savage voice. Now, can you blend I, Macho Man with Trump? Can you do Macho Trump? Oh, that is the best. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's a tough. I know. One. Work on it. Let's yeah. let's do that one next. Chuck, week, right? you uh, screw that, man. I threw the challenge. Yeah, do something. Dude. I'm the heel. Well, I'm talking right now. That's what I'm doing. Oh, man, All right? yeah. yeah, I'm not in the dumb. Oh, yeah. How about that snap into a slim jim? Oh, everyone. Oh yeah. Everyone can do a macho man. Oh yeah. Everyone can do macho man. Randy Savage. That's all. That's gotta be hip. Yeah. I uh, I funny enough, I just watched. 2002 Spider-Man with Bonesaw in it, which was Trump or not Trump? Well, uh, you better get Macho Man. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Chuck won the. Uh, it's the so Macho good. Contest. It's so good. <laughs> I can't do Trump, man. You do yeah. Trump. I'll, I'll do Macho Man, and we'll just narrate a. Book. All right, let's do it right now. All right. Cut, All right. cut some promos against each other as Macho versus. Uh, You're too Trump. macho. It's too macho. Let me tell you something here, brother. I'm the epitome of macho-ness, okay? Ooh. I can cover up my bald head with a bandana, but I want to go back to what it was that you did at WrestleMania, brother. I want to reverse history. I want to put you in that barber chair, brother, and I want to make you bald Trump because I'm the macho man. Ooh, yeah. You can't take... You can't get in the hotel with that voice... It's not good. Let me tell you something, brother. The Macho Man lives about an hour outside of D.C. I know where your hotel is, and your hotel sucks, okay? That's the bottom line. Fake news. Fake news. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's such fake news. No, no, no. The truth is your hotel sucks, okay? But your impression is great, but your hotel It's good news. You're fake news. No, your hotel is about as good as your... My Trump impression is slipping as we're going along. (laughs) It's It's getting worse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, But Raj, uh, Jose uh, Yepes says, uh, Raj, do the JR Bosch calling Kenny the WWE champ. LOL. Oh, jeez. I can't even what do it. I can't Chuck. remember. Chuck. I don't do JR. You got my one wrestling impression I can't here. do a JR. Oh, Sassafras. Kenny Omega is a WWE. Kenny Omega is a WWE. I can't do it. Jesus Christ. I love JR. I know, right? I'm not going to. Right. Sassafras. 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 That's just a fun word to say, though, isn't it? Sassafras. Sassafras and Mother of Pearl. Uh, was that the one you said, Mother of Pearl? Those are, Mother Mother Pearl. The worst, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are the lines. Uh, for the love of Pearl are the lines of the night, I think. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> did we uh, cover the whole show? I think we did. <laughs> we have slid off the rails. I think oh, we did. Yeah. I think in one way or another, we covered the whole show. Um, I think that does it for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the rails. And yet, somehow, still better than the majority of Raw. That's there you go. More, <laughs> inter- more entertaining. Sure. Uh, well, um, 
make sure to check up on us tomorrow for the uh, the NXT after show. Wednesday, we've got the AEW Dynamite after show. And Friday, we've got the uh, SmackDown after show as well. Plus, you can get all the news throughout the week at WrestlingInc.com. Also, make sure to check out PaintYourLife.com. Thank you to everyone who's been in the chat. Thank you to everyone who likes, comments, subscribes, all that good stuff uh, for... Chuck Farage, I am Jack Farmer. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the NXT After Show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.